We have a real nice night for baseball again tonight. The temperature reading at the present time stands at 78 degrees. Humidity is 72%. And we have that strong wind again that's blowing out of the right field corner, coming across at between 15 and 20 miles an hour, blowing out toward the left side. Welcome to the BBA Today, your podcast that covers events around the Brewster Baseball Association every day with your host, Yellow Springs 9 General Manager, Ron Collins. And now, let's get on with the show. All right, welcome to the BBA Today Cartwright Championship uh, 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 podcast. What the what the episode? What's the word I'm talking about? Edition. Edition. Maybe. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. Thank goodness I have somebody like Boise General Manager <laughs> Joe Leverer here to remind me of the word edition. The Cartwright <laughs> Championship edition is coming right up. The Cartwright Cup. Even I even got championship wrong. Joe, the wheels are completely fallen off. My Yellow Springs Nine have face planted into the Crusaders, whatever, and the world is just gone discombobulated. Well, if uh, if the Boise Spuds can't advance uh, beyond the Gohegan, at least I can throw in a cinnamon that you ne- that you may need for for a word. Wow, that's uh, what a buddy. <laughs> I, I mean, it, this is like Butch and Sundance, or Abbott yes. and Costello, or you know, I don't know, Joe and Fred. <laughs> 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 All righty. Well, uh, we are here to actually talk about the uh, Cartwright uh, Cup and uh, going to be really an exciting, exciting uh, match. It could only have been made more exciting if Boise and Yellow Springs were actually in the mix. But alas, the world is going to have to make do with all of the division winners, which seems to probably make sense when it really boils right down to it. We've got uh, the Brooklyn Robins are facing the uh, Edmonton Jackrabbits, and we have uh, the California Crusaders uh, pitting themselves up against the Louisville Sluggers. And so I thought maybe we would start by, uh, (coughs) pardon me, geez, I can't remember words, and now I can't swallow properly. (laughs) I'm telling you, man, it's just, I am off my game. That's all there is to it. (laughs) So Joe, who would you like to talk about first? Uh, we could start off uh, in uh, in the Johnson, where I'm uh, a little more uh, uh, you know knowledgeable. Um, I think it's going to be a fun matchup between between Brooklyn and Edmonton. So let's uh, let's start there. That'll sound that sounds good. Uh, what we've got is uh, I think uh, Edmonton owns the home field advantage, and so game one uh, tomorrow will be Bobby Lynch versus uh, Chandler Hall, which should be definitely an extremely intriguing matchup. Uh, what are your thoughts? as we go into the first games of this with Brooklyn and Edmonton. Yeah, I mean, you touched on earlier, and, and for, for whatever reason, it didn't dawn on me. It should have. But uh, these are all of the division winners. So uh, this is kind of the, the cream of the crop. And so while these are the best of the best uh, record-wise um, for, uh, for the Brewster, I do think this is going to be the more even of the two series. Um, I think uh, they are a little distinct uh, in their styles, but uh, on paper it looks like this is going to be, um, you know, real, um, you know, fight it out, game six, game seven. Um, you know, Brooklyn won five games to three in the regular season, so that record was, was fairly close. Uh, two of the more, um, you know, veteran GMs in the league, uh, two of the more successful GMs in the league. Um, 
you know, Chris has something to prove. He, he wants to win uh, another Landis. Um, if the rumors are right about Allen, uh, he wants to go out on top. So a lot of fun storylines to uh, to go around uh, between Brooklyn and Edmonton. Yeah, and two of the younger, stronger offensive uh, uh, teams in the league. Uh, you look at the matchup over the season, the Edmonton and Brooklyn matchup of eight games, which you mentioned is uh, has gone five to three Brooklyn's way. Um, you know, it's it's been a, a series of uh, stars. I think Fernando Cruz and Sawyer Sluis mm-hmm. have just kind of owned Edmonton. But on the counter side, uh, Pedro Horta, uh, Horta is that how you mm-hmm. pronounce Horta? Yeah, Horta. Yeah. And Stephen Collins uh, have been uh, likewise. Uh, uh, all four of those guys are hitting over 400 against the opposition, and so one would expect them to to continue down that path. Uh, Richard Druin. In Brooklyn, uh, I think had uh, has had a uh, really nice playoffs, if I am recalling that uh, properly. Mm-hmm. I should probably actually check my uh, check myself, but what the heck? I'll just go out on a wire. Um, uh, I think that uh, Edmonton in Chris Robillard has been a team that has been constantly building. You know, kind of a a. Uh, race car running down the road and changing the wheels as he goes. Uh, That's kind of his style, whereas I think Allen and the Brooklyn team has been a little bit more stand-packed, but have his... uh, Allen's got this... this, The image I have of Allen as he's working his magic is this mad scientist who's putting all his parts together in ways that no one else could possibly have imagined, and it all is is working out fantastic. Of course, that is helped when you have Felipe Vega and Sawyer Sliz to... uh, Pick up the pieces. <laughs> the, those two guys help, and uh, getting the um, production out of uh, his third baseman, uh, e- 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 uh, gosh, I mean, uh, Nico, let's just call him Nico, uh, Nico from Aruba. A GP. yeah. Uh, he's, been, uh, he's been the best batter uh, this playoffs. He's got uh, three home runs, uh, OPS well over 1,100, so, you know, it, if no matter how good your team is uh, and how many stars you have, you do need those kind of uh, secondary guys to step up to uh, help you, you know, get uh, advanced and, and hopefully take the whole thing. Yeah, well, uh, talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on these guys on the pitching side because I think they are actually uh, Edmonton and Brooklyn uh, feel similarly uh, constructed as far as. Uh, or at least similarly capable as far as the offensive side of the game is concerned. Uh, Edmonton has um, allowed a few fewer runs uh, than Brooklyn, but their ballpark is also uh, kind of pushed in that direction. So how do you see this matchup on a pitching side? Yeah, on paper, it doesn't seem all that close. Um, you know, regular season, you know, Edmonton had probably top uh, – two or three uh, pitching staffs in the entire Brewster. Uh, and we all know Allen's kind of, like you said, mad scientist. He's, he's got beakers bubbling and frothing, and he's uh, got test tubes, and he's mixing all these things to get the right pitchers. And, uh, but it worked, and he's, he's here. Uh, you know, the bullpen is, is a little weaker for him. Uh, he doesn't get the strikeouts that you'd, you'd really like to see in the postseason. But, um, you know, Edmonton hasn't fared all that well against lefties, and Brooklyn has four lefty starters they can run out there. So uh, say what you will about the numbers, but uh, the matchups say uh, Allen can throw out some some arms to counteract 
the the Edmonton offense. And the biggest uh, pitching story that I'm looking at uh, is going to be the Bobby Lynch storyline. Um, Lynch, you know, had uh, spent uh, part of his season in Edmonton or part of his career in Edmonton. Uh, and after a couple trades, he's found his way over to Brooklyn. And I think uh, Bobby would love to uh, shut down his former team. I think that's true, and the uh, the underlying kind of narrative storyline there is uh, on an extremely young Robins team. Uh, Bobby Lynch is, uh, you know, effectively the at 30 years old the grizzled veteran presence. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I think uh, there's a uh, uh, Brooklyn has Julio Velasco who is older, um, but clearly uh, is not nearly the the presence <laughs> as exactly. Bobby Lynch is, and so I'm extremely. I, I was going to throw him out as the uh, as the wild card uncertain uh, uncertainty factor when it comes mm-hmm. to this division because a, a big outing or two from Bobby Lynch could really raise the spirits of the uh, Brooklyn Robins fans, and I'm sure that would be quite uh, quite delicious for Bobby Lynch to be able to to. Uh, send his uh, ex-teammates back home. So No doubt. Absolutely. So what are you thinking? Uh, what's your projection on this Brooklyn-Edmonton matchup? Um, you know, I think it's going to be... Um, I, I think it's going to... Something's going to happen that's going to sway it one way or another, whether it is going to be a pinch hit home run or a starting pitcher goes down uh, early and does can't make another start in the series. Something kooky is going to happen that is going to uh, sway this in someone's favor one way or the other. Uh, personally, I, I'd love to see Allen, uh, you know, continue uh, uh, this awesome run. Um, you know, perhaps this is a team of destiny. Um, you know, my heart says let's go with uh, Edmonton, the, the fellow Frontier team. Um, I think Allen's going to surprise everybody, though. I think he's going to win it in seven. Wow, that's interesting because those are almost the exact words that were going through my head earlier this morning as I was uh, <laughs> as I was putting this all together. Uh, I just feel like um, you know, if I were uh, being forced to go to to Las Vegas uh, and put some money down on it, uh, I would bet Edmonton in probably six, um, but. As I as soon as they thought that I went wow I don't I, that just doesn't feel right I, that can't happen so I think it's got to be Brooklyn and it's got to be in seven and it's got to be something uh, something weird and fun so um, that's that's where I'm going to Brooklyn in seven so yeah I, I don't want to hedge my bets I I do think Edmonton is the better team but I I do think something uh, amazing is going to happen that is going to make people uh, really, you know, their eyes are going to pop and the result is, is going to be the Robins advancing. There you go. So let's talk, uh, let's turn our attention to the, um, to the Frick League where we have mm-hmm. the upstart California Crusaders boo <laughs> against the Louisville Sluggers boo. I mean, what a horrible matchup. I, mean, I, I don't think you're going to be watching a single pitch of this. I, I think uh, you'll be doing some gardening or some writing or, uh, you know, cleaning out uh, the toilet. Uh, it would be uh, more preferable for you uh, than uh, watching this series. Well, that uh, pretty well sums it up. I guess we can just leave it at that. <laughs> so what are your thoughts as you look at uh, these two as the at these two ball clubs uh, clearly the cream of both divisions um, 
So, so let me put my bias aside and actually have a conversation about what's going to happen in this. What are your thoughts? I mean, it, the conversation starts and stops with Louisville. I mean, that team, this is one of the best teams that I've seen. Uh, this has been my fourth season uh, in the Brewster and top to bottom uh, offense to defense Pitching, uh, this is probably maybe the strongest team I've seen in the league in in, in those four years. So uh, they dominate in the regular season. Louisville took seven of eight. Uh, so they have California's number. Um, I, I'd i like to see this go deep. Uh, and, um, you know, Shoeless has, uh, you know, he's got the magic touch. He's, he's done a great job all year, kind of mixing and, and changing things up and, and making trades and, uh, pulling guys up from the minors, but I, I, I don't think it's going to be uh, that close. I think uh, the the numbers say that uh, Louisville should win this pretty handedly. I don't think they'll sweep. Uh, I do think they'll probably win it. In, you know, probably uh, in probably six games or so. But uh, Shoeless has some great players. There's some outstanding guys that can really step up to to you know make this a lot closer than it should. Yeah, I think the the general narrative has to be along that line. Um, you know, the the big you look at California, and it's still about pitching. I think mm-hmm. uh, Ramos, Gar- Garcia, and Garcia. Um, you know, there is a huge, huge weight upon those three guys because I don't think if this gets into a slugging match in any way, shape, or form, I don't think that the Crusaders can. Uh, really possibly uh, stand in that. Uh, so I think you pretty much have, if you're a Crusader fan, you pretty much have to push your chips in on those three guys and hope that they can get into that seventh and eighth inning with a, with a lead and, and hold on uh, as far as that goes. Uh, that would be the that would be the game plan, I think. <laughs> no, I, 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 agree. I definitely agree. If uh if they are going to hope to to win, I don't think they're going to be um, you know looking at their offense to to be the factor. It's going to be they're going to have to try to prevent runs as much as possible. Yeah, I think there's also a um, the other little nuance that strikes me. If you're you know I'm looking at what are my chances if I'm a Crusader fan, which first mm-hmm. off you know throw me in the corner and give me a puke bucket. But uh, if I'm a Crusader fan, um, you know. I'm trying to look for any silver lining that I can at this stage. Sure. And, you know, if I can run into an extra inning game or two in the first game or three, um, Louisville is going with a uh, probably the smart decision here. They're loading up their roster with a lot of uh, offensive guys and platoon guys and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going with uh, – they went anyway. We'll see what happens in the actual cart rate when, when Shaw does his uh, final load. But they went with a nine-pitcher roster, right? Exactly. Uh, Browning, Three Cristiano, starters. Palacios. Um, and, you know, if you can manage to pull a 14-inning, you'd almost <laughs> – if you if you got the bases loaded and two outs in the 12th inning, you'd almost like to – if you're a California fan, you'd almost like to go – to, to just not win, <laughs> to go an extra three or four or five innings and just eat the heck up out of their bullpen. Um, because yeah, that can maybe, pay dividends. Uh, you know, then maybe you get a two-game uh, cycle where you're uh, uh, hitting against uh, guys who are just not ready to pitch. 
Um, so I think that's a risk area for Louisville. But at the end of the day, you got Browning, Feliciano, and Palacios as your uh, three to match up with with uh, California starters. And you can match up Browning, Feliciano, and Palacios with any any of the top threes in any of the leagues and, and feel pretty comfortable. Um, so I think something weird has to happen for California to get this past um, past five games. Uh, it's, it could go to six, I suppose. Um, uh, but I, I definitely would have to be on the side of Louisville in five, I'd say. So Brownie and, and Feliciano are, are arguably the, the one-two punch here. Uh, they both have had injury concerns. Um, you know, if the, if the, if the lineup and the roster is constructed the same way in this, uh, this series as it was previously, you know, if one of those starters goes down, uh, either to miss a, a following start or go out early and they have to rely on that short, you know, bullpen, um, you know, that is kind of that's the thing that, that can, you know, sway the series. And I'm not all that confident in Browning and Feliciano staying healthy. Uh, you know, they were, you know, stressed in the last round uh, against Omaha. And, uh, you know, unless Shaw, you know, does, you know, pull HGH off the roster, adds another reliever, uh, who knows? But, um, you know, I wouldn't be all that confident, uh, you know, putting all of my chips in the middle uh, with a couple of uh, injury-prone uh, pitchers who have been stressed to, to this point. Yeah, they've been stressed in the sense that they've been thrown out of a three-man rotation, but they have also been protected in that they're not throwing many more than about 80 pitches. So it's a, mm-hmm. uh, that's an interesting question as to how the fatigue model works. Uh, I've never right. really... Um, uh, been comfortable saying I understand how pitchers recover <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, from their pitches, although I've attempted to try to to play with that and and figure it out based on numbers and all that other good stuff. Uh, it is definitely an intriguing chess game matchup here as far as that goes. And but at the same time, again, like I say, I'm putting myself in the in the chair of a Crusader fan and trying to figure out a way for this to work <laughs> rather right. than uh, putting myself in a, in the, uh, uh, I guess I could turn it around and put myself in the uh, seat of a Louisville fan. And that would be like, give me two corners and two puke buckets. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, this is just a no win either way that it goes. I mean, it, it is almost enough to make me have to start to become a Johnson League fan, but I'm not oh sure my. I can go that far. You know, you've heard it here first, folks. Wow. The key word there is almost. <laughs> well, you know, that word almost will get removed once it hits the, uh, you know, the newspapers. So it'll there be taken go. out of context uh, completely. <laughs> there you go. So, so uh, you know, that there there was some talk last uh Last series against Omaha, you know, how many home runs is HGH going to hit? Uh, California does have two lefty starters, and they have uh, a couple of lefty um, relievers, including their their closer, Vitale. Uh, do you think HGH could be a factor in this series? Well, I mean, I think he's going to be a fun factor. He's going to play, mm-hmm. uh, first off. So by definition, that will make for some uh, um, some fun moments. Um, I would love to actually uh, be a person inside this comic book world of mine and watch human man, <laughs> human growth hormone walk up to the plate. I just want to see mm-hmm. him walk up to the plate, right, and clench yes. his jaws and flex his Ted Klazuski, um 
times seven biceps in, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, he may, if he sees uh, four games, you know, he may hit four home runs, but he, mm-hmm. to the counterpoint, he's going to strike out 12 times. So it's going to be, yeah. a, uh, it's going to be a fun one to watch. I, I like the fact that he's going to actually uh, play a little bit more. Um, I would expect him to play a little bit more than he, um, <laughs> than he did against Omaha, which was zero. So, yeah, um, I, I agree. So he'll make for a fun factor. Uh, quite honestly, I tend to look at the more he has to play, the worse that Louisville is. But that's mm, interesting. Um, that's the big picture talking, right? Once you once you strip the big picture away, you know you were talking about uh, Browning and Feliciano as injury risks, and you don't like that. Um, once you get to the playoffs, you're talking about one or two games, and and you roll your dice with injury yeah. risk. Um, I worry about uh, Browning and Feliciano surviving a season uh, just because they are such big injury risks, and um, and I'm not sure how I would be uh, managing them. Uh, but Shaw has uh, gotten through this year with them intact, and they are uh, in full force right now. And human ma- um, human growth hormone mm-hmm. um, has actually uh, developed a little bit more this year than he had in the past couple of years. So. Um, that's a, yeah, I think I think throwing him down in AAA was was a smart decision for him, and and it looks like it's paid off. It looks like he's kind of developed, and he looks like to be a, at least he could be a guy off the bench, maybe not a full time starter, maybe maybe a platoon guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's been a fun storyline that didn't get talked about a whole lot because he spent most of the year in, in AAA. But uh, yeah. it'll be something that we'll probably see in the media guide and, and be talking about next year. <laughs> Without a doubt. And I think at the end of the day, he was brought up when he needed to be brought up, but brought up too early. Right. Um, you know, I, I would never point to uh, uh, Shaw is a fantastic general manager. I think I've said that about a billion times, but uh, uh, I don't think he liked the idea of bringing him up when he brought him up, but he didn't really have other options. And um, and so that was probably a, a wise enough choice, but it did cost him a year of development, probably. And um uh, you know, if he could roll up another point or two on that power, that will change the entire game for him. So, Exactly. But that is not going to happen during the Cartwright Cup. No. Nope. And, uh, and so I've already gone out on a limb with my Louisville and five, and I have not yet heard a peep from the Joe Letterer side of the fence on a uh, on a games and predictions. So, um, so let me shut up and, and have you give me yours. Yeah, I'm going to go with Sluggers and six. Um, I think they're going to have a FUBAR win uh, with that offense. And it's just going to be too much to, to overcome. Um, you know, they, you know, the Crusaders have a chance. Uh, they have the superstars. They have good pitching. Uh, they have that ballpark to uh, quiet Louisville uh, somewhat. But in the end, I think it's just going to be a little too much uh, offensive firepower uh, coming out of Louisville. Yeah. And I, I completely concur. I mean, the Crusaders have a chance. There is no question about that. These four teams are clearly the best four teams in the uh, in the four divisions this year. And so that makes for uh, a little bit of a chalky line in the run up to it. But at the same time, also makes for a fantastic set of storylines uh, as these uh, as the four uh, Goliaths behemoths go toe to toe. I think whoever comes out of this with a uh, with a trip to the Landis is a well-deserving um, 
is a well-deserving accomplishment there. So, um, Completely you know. agree. No question. All righty. Well, I think we've uh, pretty much uh, driven this one as far down into the ground as we possibly can. And uh, mm-hmm. I definitely appreciate your time here, Joe, and can't wait to see what is going to happen here later tonight when these uh, when these four go, like I said, toe-to-toe. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be it'll be fun, and uh, no matter who advances, it's going to make for for a great Landis. Uh, before we do sign off, I do want to uh, extend a congratulations to Jason Russell in Istanbul for for winning the uh, United Cup out there. Um, it was a roller coaster season for for that team and that fan base. With uh, Jason, I think he joined a little in little bit into the season, and uh, they had a lead. They gave it up. Uh, he ended up getting into the playoffs and uh, took down uh, the mighty Jerusalem Hebrew Hammers. And that that was a fun uh, fun United Cup to watch. Yeah, it was definitely a actually it was a fun Umeba season to watch across the whole board uh, with the Baghdad Kings uh, running out <laughs> front for so long. Uh, Jerusalem, the uh, kind of blue blood program in the Umeba struggling a bit there and then hearing uh, getting the ship righted, uh, Bucharest chugging along. Uh, Bucharest actually won the, uh, was it the BERT? What mm-hmm. are they in? I'm, I'm uh, not as strong. I believe, it's the, I, think, I believe it's the BERT, yeah. Okay. Um, so lots of good stuff there. And then, of course, Istanbul coming through. Um, <laughs> my cat wants out. <laughs> Uh, Istanbul um, uh, coming through with a with a repeat victory. That's um, as uh, quite a few uh, storylines there. And the one game one sixty three out of a expansion team in Athens. Um, who could have predicted that? Well, I, I did. I've been pretty. I mean, maybe this is why I'm the ambassador to the Amoeba. But I uh, I called early in the season one of our early uh, Amoeba Fridays. Uh, Baghdad was not in first. Istanbul was in first, and I predicted that Baghdad would win the division. Uh, I, I said that uh, Kuwait City was going to cause a 163, and then uh, in the polls, I, I picked Istanbul in six, and it came to fruition. So uh, I may just retire after this and just take on full full uh, Umiba ambassadorship uh, from, from here on out, because it seems like I've got that pegged a lot better than I do uh, the Brewster. I hear it pays pretty well, too, so that's good. It is pretty good. It is really good pay, yeah. All the falafel and Turkish coffee and uh, all the uh, free uh, sand removal from your from your car and your home. I hear the uh, llama rides are quite exciting also. Those are good, too. You just got to watch out for the spitting. That's, that's the one thing. <laughs> Damn spitting. <laughs> so, yes, thank you for pointing that out. Congratulations to Istanbul and Jason in the Umeba, and uh, congratulations to the entire Umeba for actually, I think, uh, I think that entire collection of general managers really raised the game this year, raised the profile of that uh, portion of the Brewster and um, the future is incredibly bright in the Umeba going forward because of all the work that has gone on here this year. So congratulations to those groups and to you as the ambassador of the Umeba. Thank you. I appreciate that. All righty. Well, have a great day. Thanks for your time. And uh, we will call this one a uh, episode. See, I got episode right. Episode. There you go. Uh, we'll call this an episode and look forward to uh, the, the results here tonight. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Ron. Alrighty, bye, Jill. You've been listening to the BBA Today, a podcast that covers the Brewster Baseball Association every day. Music is bold statement, available at FesleyandStudios.com and used with attribution.
be safe and well, and we will hear you again tomorrow.